This is the Blood Doctor Show. On a Friday night leading into a Saturday night, I'm in the new studio with all of the monitors, as can be seen here on Twitter. I'm recording in here for only the second time. I've got, again, the Twitter live stream going for the hell of it. I don't know. I just figured I would do it. Why not? Let's have a look and see how it goes. Um, I've been... I don't even want to sit here and... I don't even want to sit here and mince words. Like, every single thing I've been thinking about is tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. local time, and that's Michigan football taking out Ohio. And... I feel like I fall into this trap literally every single year because you're like, oh yeah, Michigan has a chance. Michigan has a total chance. They can figure this thing out. They're going to find a way. And then every single year it falls into... You know, this same sort of nonsense where Michigan gets destroyed, essentially. And, you know, I don't even want to sit here and go through, like, you could sit here and be like, all right, I'm going to talk about the position groups and the this, that, and the other. And I, I, you can go through a million things that it's just not even worth it at this point because we've been cycling through this same nightmare for a fucking decade as Michigan fans where... It's like, oh, is there a possibility, or could this be the one win of the season that matters? Or and it, you know, it always ends up essentially the same way. And I want to think that tomorrow can be different. I want to believe that tomorrow could be different. In fact, I have bet money on Michigan to win, so it's like I, 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 I almost believe. But I'm going to tell you the most ridiculous part about all of it, and that is that the only reason that I really truly believe is not necessarily because of what I've even seen from the team this season or, you know, Harbaugh coming back on a pay cut or improved quarterback play, whatever you want to put it. The biggest thing for me is if Michigan won this game and subsequently the Big Ten Championship, they could leapfrog Notre Dame. And a season in which Michigan not only defeated Ohio, but also leapfrog Notre Dame. Well, that would be a good-ass time to be a Michigan fan, regardless of what happened subsequently in the playoffs. That would be fun. And given what has happened for the last, I don't even know how long. <laughs> the funny thing is, I remember when I was a teenager and everyone really kind of hated Lloyd Carr because he couldn't quite get the team over the top. Michigan was close every year, but couldn't quite get over the top. And it's just funny because, you know, we would kill for that at this point rather than this, you know, perennial seven and six, eight and four shit, whatever has been going on. But the crazy thing is, if you took out the MSU game, this year has been phenomenal. Obviously, you can't take out any games. This is college football. Every single game matters. But the rest of the season has gone better than anticipated. And thus, you're on the precipice of still being able to make the playoff despite blowing a game that you clearly should have won. All those things being said win tomorrow and it really kind of doesn't matter because you're right in the hunt you've taken out the number two team you've put yourself at least in the discussion and given every single thing that's gone on I mean god that's more than I I wouldn't have thought that I would be sitting here hoping or thinking that the team might have a chance going into this game and that is honestly what I feel I honestly feel like there is a possibility and I'm gonna roll with it so go blue Let's hope for a good morning. So Friday, I had a few bets I wanted to go over. 
I've spent time talking about gambling at various points doing this, but I want to start focusing more on the gambling aspect because like quite honestly, anyone who knows me personally or spends time with me personally will tell you is like gambling is everything to me. I gamble all the fucking time. It's like one of the most important things in the world to me. So for me to not sit here and talk about that or for me to, you know, spend all this time talking about sports, but not be willing to talk about bets I make or, Bets I lost or whatever, you know, I should be really willing to do that. So I'm going to do that more so from now. So for Friday, um, the bets I did uh, win, uh, I'm not going to go over all the ones. I made a bunch of them. I don't have them all in front of me, but I have a couple that I connected. Was uh, And these were both single game parlays. Is Devin Booker hitting two threes. Chris Paul hitting seven and a half assists. And then uh, Jay Crowder over nine and a half points. And I believe that one was a plus 375. My thing, I'd love to hit three legs at around somewhere between 350 and 400. Plus 350 and 400. That's what I'm always looking for. I know that people are saying, or I hear people say all the time, that if you bet parlays, you're crazy. You're throwing your money away. You know, just truthfully, I make a lot more money when I parlay than I, than I straight bet. It is what it is. I lose money if I try to be Mr. Conservative and I win money if I go for it. So let's just let's just go for it. So um, again, Booker two plus on the threes, Paul over seven and a half assists and Jay Crowder over nine and a half points. Had a feeling it was Jay Crowder was due. Hasn't been hitting it so much for the Suns lately. He connected. Congratulations, me. And then the other one was and this one was honestly lucky. Well, truthfully, both these were lucky. Paul got one assist at the end. And then the other one is a Brandon Ingram uh, triple, essentially. It was a single-game parlay. Ingram, 20 points, uh, five boards, and four assists. Uh, and he got the last bucket at the last minute necessary to hit it. And that's honestly how it goes sometimes, right? Anyone who gambles knows this is literally, you know, either you, you win or lose at the last minute all the fucking time. Um, it's just how the game goes. But both of those went my way. I had a few others not go my way, but whatever. You win some, you lose some. And the beautiful thing about winning some and losing some with parlays is those odds are in your favor. Um, talking about Saturday now, what I have going on there, um, I've actually got four set up already. Um, so I'll just go ahead and rattle these ones off. Uh, I'd love to hit two of these, by the way. How sick would that be? Knicks, Hawks under 217 and a half. You know, second game of a back-to-back. Um, you know, Knicks suffer a tough loss against Phoenix. Uh, I, You know, I look for... And, and honestly, after the playoff series between the Hawks and Knicks, you look for these games to be fairly intense, ratchet up the defense. I, I'm going to see less points. So I'm just going to take the under. And generally, this season has been way under with the NBA. Scoring, given the uh, the new rules, has really changed. You know, games were way down. Games last year and in previous years were routinely getting into the 230s, 240s. You know, especially in the bubble, games were just, you know, shooting through the roof. Now we're really coming back down with, you know, allowing more defense and things like that. So you're you're getting a lot more unders on NBA games, uh, especially to start the season. It was like a crazy run of unders that was going on all the time. Um, but anyway, Knicks, Hawks under 217.5. Cavs minus 7.5 against the Magic and Hornets. Minus five and a half against the Rockets. You know, in those cases, I mean, the Rockets are just young, inexperienced, and injured. I'm certainly not betting on them to cover anything. I know the Cavs are injured too, but they still are playing well uh, as a group. And, um, you know, the Magic are fun, but 
you know, again, I'm, 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 uh, I'm still taking the Cavs. Uh, excuse me, I said the Rockets before. Um, I'm still taking the Cavs in that one, and then uh, you know, Hornets against the Rockets again. Same thing for the Rockets. They're young, they're inexperienced, they're injured with Jalen Green out. You know, it's certainly not going to bet on them. So that's that parlay there. That's for uh, NBA college football. Liberty minus three and a half against Army. Um, Liberty has stumbled a little bit down the stretch, but still, honestly, that program has been built up. And um, I'm just, you know, I'm tired of betting on Service Academy, so I'm just going against them. Uh, Duke plus 21 and a half against Miami. This one, honestly, I almost feel like Miami should cover, and I, like, expect Miami to cover. And so that's why I'm betting against them, because I don't trust Miami ever, and that's just what it is. I, I, I don't trust Miami. And um, Louisiana Tech, uh, minus three and a half against Rice. I would never bet on Rice. So there you go. Uh, I would eat Rice. I would never bet on Rice. But those those are the college football picks I have. And then um, one other – well, I said I bet on Michigan. Uh, North Carolina at North Carolina State over 60 and a half. That one already connected. So I've got Michigan to win. And then I would have Maryland to win to be my final college football parlay. So – but again, that would rely on Michigan somehow finding a way to break through, which, oh, I hate to sit here and be negative about it. Like, I don't want to sit here and be the guy who's like, oh, my team can't win. But um, I'm just very hesitant to feel very good about this one. It's a difficult situation. And again, anyone who's been rooting for Michigan for the last decade plus knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and then finally... For tomorrow, for Saturday, and I may end up putting up more bets. You know, I make bets, and then through today, sometimes things get changed. Who knows? But uh, I took three points, rebounds, and assist props. I've mentioned this before on the show, but the points, rebound, and assist prop is well, exactly what it sounds like when an NBA player, you know, you you rack up their points, rebounds, and assists. You add them together, and it's you know over under the total. Uh, and I took all on the Suns game. I know they're on the second night of a back-to-back against the Nets. I know. And we'll talk about that part in a minute. But the Suns are continuing an incredible streak. And I'm just not betting against them when they're on the streak. And I know you're on the second night of a back-to-back. But, you know, it's not like traveling from Madison Square Garden to Brooklyn is, you know, a super long trip or anything. They're still going to get rested tonight. And, you know, I think, you know, quite frankly, even on the second night of a back-to-back, you know, going for 16 in a row is, you know, enough to get to get your energy up for. So uh, I took three different points, rebounds, and assists added together for the Suns. So that's Chris Paul, 25-plus, Booker, 30-plus, and McHale, 18-plus. McHale has been a little shaky lately scoring. Had a better night tonight, but I, I, I'm still expecting him to blow out, to blow up. So again, CP3, 25-plus, Booker, 30-plus, McHale, 18-plus. All of those parlays that I mentioned, again, are like in the 350 to 400 plus arena. So uh, reasonable returns on all of them. And again, I hit two of them today. So very positive day for me return-wise. I love my parlays. I hit them all the time. I make them all the time. As far as the Suns go, because I can't go an episode of this without talking about the Suns. The Suns-Knicks game tonight was excellent. And was yet another example of why this Suns team is completely different from last season's team. Despite last season's team going to the finals and being so awesome. They are on another level. And it's it's just showing up all over the place. Whether you're looking at 
the defense, they're swiping the passing lanes all the time now. It's not sometimes there's not, you know, a lack of aggression through some parts of the games and, you know, there's laziness and and some kind sometimes there's no defense. It is it's rationed up at all the times. Even when the Suns are not hitting shots, they're playing aggressive defense at all times. JaVale McGee is I mean, there was almost a black hole at center for the Suns in in last year. And I, I'm not trying to insult the guys who were, you know, I'm not trying to insult Dario. I'm not trying to insult Kaminsky. But the primary thing that you can say about the Suns, especially in relation to the finals, is that when DeAndre Ayton sat, things fell the fuck apart. And whether you went to small ball with Torrey Craig or you played Frank Kaminsky or you played Dario, it didn't really matter. Nothing worked. And now JaVale McGee, and I was lobbying for the Suns to trade for JaVale McGee last summer, but whatever, I need to stop. I need to stop. I need to stop going in on that. I was I was saying before, like, the Suns need JaVale McGee. He's the backup, whatever. He would have been the ideal guy. And I, I still think if the Suns would have had JaVale, they could have won the finals. I know that's an, an insane thing to say or whatever, but really the only minutes where they tank were when DeAndre sat. And if they'd had anything resembling competent play at the center position, and let's not forget JaVale has three rings. He can provide competent play at the center position, even at the highest levels. Um, Man, I get really deep on this one. Regardless, the point is this Suns team is ratcheted up defensively all the time. Even when the shooting isn't working, you know, they're still playing hard on defense. Not shooting as many threes as in the past. You know, this was once an organization that shot threes all the time. Now, not so much. You know, everyone's talking about that. Every broadcast you hear, the Suns don't shoot a lot of threes. Doesn't matter. They score. Who cares? They get to the bucket. We're getting free throws. Great free throw shooting team. Really high percentage shooting team. This is a finals team. You're looking at a finals team. And I know that everyone wants to talk about the Warriors. Well, here we are. We're going to see the Warriors three times over the next month. Suns and Warriors is probably the Western Conference Finals. And these next month basically decides who's going to be home. And, you know, I believe in the Suns, but it's truly going to be an incredible sight to see how the Suns deal with Curry. Um, How do the Warriors deal with the myriad of wings that the Suns have? How do they deal with Booker? as Booker has ascended to a new level. And that's another thing about the Suns is Booker has gone from like great scorer to elite scorer. You, you can't stop him. He scores from everywhere all the time at every level. He's at the rim. He's in the mid range. He's hitting threes. doesn't matter. Booker can score from everywhere on anyone. And when you have a player that good and you have a player like Chris Paul who can deliver 11 assists a game, you just go to a new level. All of these guys have everyone they're growing together they've grown individually it's happening and this is a finals team yet again i believe they're going to the finals i think they're going to win it all i said that last year i'm going to stick with it this year i'm a homer whatever but you know everyone's been dragging this win streak oh you've won 15 in a row but you know you played the mavs without luca and you played the Rockets and you played the Cavs twice and blah, 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 blah. Who fucking cares, man? You play who's on the schedule in front of you. You literally can't change who's on the schedule in front of you. You play who's in front of you. And that's what the Suns have done. And they've beaten every single team in front of them. They don't decide who suits up for, you know, the other team. doesn't matter. They had to beat who was in front of them. They've done it 15 games in a row. And when you're in the NBA, it simply doesn't matter what the situation is winning 15 games in a row is fucking impressive. 
And the national media is going to sit here and, you know, oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, you go into Madison Square Garden, you wreck the Knicks. You know, the, the media fucking loves the Knicks. And the Knicks beat the Lakers the other day. That's a signature win. But then the Suns come into Madison Square Garden and rip up the Knicks and no one's going to say two words about it. You know, it is what it is. And this Suns team, I think, luckily for us as fans, they have the mental makeup to deal with that lack of recognition, not give a shit about it, as Mikhail um, so eloquently said. I think it was on J.J. Reddick's podcast. And, you know, you just move on and you don't deal with it. And they'll go for 16. And as far as the Nets go, I mean, it's it's a difficult task. The Nets can score, regardless who is playing for the Nets on any given night. They have, uh, we all know what their stars can do. But even their role players, even their depth can score. And so on the second game of a back-to-back, if the Nets, you know, sort of push the Suns into a track meet, they're in their home court, the Suns are, you know, out of their element, you know, who knows? Maybe this will be a lot of bricks. Who knows exactly what it'll be? I've given up trying to foretell exactly what a game might be in terms of, oh, it's the second game of a back-to-back and, this means that and the other. You just, you never fucking know. I'm just going with, I believe in the Suns energy and what they're trying to accomplish. And I also think that they're the best team in the league right now. I mean, it's they and the Warriors and we're about to see, you know, again, three games in a month to find out who it really is. And if I have to come on here and acknowledge that I was fucking wrong, then anyone who's ever listened to me knows I'm going to do that. So I can acknowledge when I'm wrong. I got no problem doing that. I'll do it then. Um, but I love looking at this Sun season. I love every single thing I've seen defensively. I love every single thing I've seen offensively. It's just an improved team. You you take you watched through the playoffs last year and like Zach Lowe wrote in-depth articles about how crazy crafty the Suns pick and roll attack had become. And was such excellent coaching and such excellent chemistry. But, you know, you couldn't quite overcome the just supernova of Giannis. And now Devin Booker is emerging into that same level of you just literally can't stop him. And Chris Paul is the ageless wonder. And DeAndre Ayton is somehow more efficient and better than ever. And, I mean, this team could be scary. And it's up to... You know, the Suns to deal with their mannership, their management situation, get rid of their current managing partner, and then lock DeAndre Ayton into an extension, keep this chemistry going with this team, create a better organization and a better culture, especially within the front office. We know what a bad person Robert Sarver is. It's time to get him out of here and create a better organization. And, you know, those are the things that need to occur. Um... So, yeah, I mean, it's an exciting time to be a Suns fan right now. Um, I know that a lot of people are doubting everything that's going on with the Suns. I think that that's bullshit. Um, I think that people need to be excited. And, hey, again, three games against the Warriors, it's all going to prove it. The one final thing I wanted to talk about here, shorter episode tonight, um, but I wanted to talk about, because every night I see... On Twitter, there's these like safe spaces for Rockets fans talking about their situation. And 
I've talked about this before, but I just I want to say it again is I'm very frustrated with how the Steven Silas situation has happened because Steven Silas is a good coach. Steven Silas is a very bright basketball mind. Steven Silas is a person who you want running your team. You want him in your organization. And Rockets fans are very frustrated and angry at their situation, not understanding that, you know, when your team is fronted by 20 year olds, you're not going to win games. And this is something that we went through as Suns fans that I didn't understand either. So I'm not trying to blame anyone for not seeing it. You know, I would wonder, like, why the hell can't the Suns win? We have all this young talent because it's just so much young talent. You need real veteran depth. And I know that, you know, well, Christian Wood this and Eric Gordon that. Okay, you know, fine. The point is, this team was not supposed to be good the way it was constructed this year. This team was built to grow, and that's fine. There's honestly nothing wrong with that. But the Steven Silas thing is, like, he was hired to coach a team that had James Harden. I don't think he was ever really going to coach Russell Westbrook. I think that was always going to be, you know, I think Westbrook was kind of always on his way out of that situation. But I think that there was real potential that Steven Silas was going to get one season of coaching James Harden. For Harden just kind of up and changed his mind and decided he wanted to go to Brooklyn and that was it. And it's disappointing because Rick Carlisle gets tons of the credit for what went on in Dallas, but Steven Silas was the one who constructed a lot of that offense. And you look at what's going on in Indiana with a lot of ups and downs, and you saw what was going on with, with Dallas after Steven Silas left with some ups and downs, and you recognize that, you know, a lot of what went on with Luka in that first year and all those things like Steven Silas is part of that. And he was a big part of those late Dirk years where, you know, the Mavs were sustaining an offense with a, a, nobody. Steven Silas is a really good coach and he's been put into a no-win situation. And here's what I think. I think you just don't, you don't take a good job, like a really good, really close to winning kind of job. Like you don't, you know, like that kind of, oh, you just got to get over the hump because then when it falls apart, you're fucking screwed, you know? And that's exactly what's happened to him. And you don't take the worst job, right? Because then you get, the minute that the team gets starts to get better, you get Kenny Atkinson and they throw you out. You take the middling job, right? You take like the Charlotte or the Orlando job, like the Steve Clifford job. Because then when you slightly overachieve, then you continue to get retread jobs forever. So I'm just saying to all prospective coaches, look for that middling job where you can slightly overachieve and maybe make a playoff spot that you didn't deserve. Like Tibbs is a god in New York. You know, <laughs> it's just, it is what it is. So that's all I've got for tonight. Happy to be back recording. I'm going to post this one on the website as usual. Let's end 2021 with happiness and let's enjoy 2022 with, let's hope for peace going forward. I don't know what else to say. <laughs>